Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks very much for downloading this podcast. Hope you enjoy it. There's only this one and next week's to go before we'll take a short break. Hopefully we'll be back in June and July. If we can afford to do more of them, you can help out a little bit with that either by going to gofasterstripe.com slash badges making a one-off or monthly donation. That would be a fantastic help. You could go to gofasterstripe.com and buy any of my DVDs. Uh, We're All Going to Die is available on DVD for £15. Or you could just download the show with only a couple of the extras rather than the full package of extras for £5 at gofasterstripe.com. I'm also on tour. Go to richardherring.com and uh, click on my face and you'll be able to find out if I'm coming near to you. Also, if you like eBay, look me up. I'm Herring1967, and I'm selling lots of uh, Lee and Herring and Time Gentleman Please and Richard Herring memorabilia. All of that money made from that will go towards funding future internet projects. But without any further ado, let us listen to this week's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre, as it is now called... Welcome to Richard Let's Square Theatre Podcast. Will you please welcome the host of Richard Herring's Let's Square Theatre Podcast? It is Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello. Hello, welcome. Hello, welcome to 
Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as some of the cool kids have started calling it, Rehearsal Lustapin. Uh, there's, there's quite a lot of the cool kids, and some of the uncool kids still doing it in the old way. Uh, I don't know. If, I was talking about the YouGov uh, uh, survey over the last uh, couple of weeks. I don't know if I mentioned this uh, last week, but I did notice uh, that uh, my fans on there are the most left-wing of any. Fans, they're slightly to the left of Stuart Lee fans. They're more more left wing than Stuart. They're more left wing than Karl Marx fans. That is, which is pretty incredible. So we may, if I can get the internet working, working, we may talk a little bit about uh, that. I was yesterday. I was uh, on uh, Sunday brunch. Uh, the I don't know if anyone watches that show. Uh, it didn't work out too well for me. I was a bit tired. I've not been very well this week. I was a bit tired, and it is kind of slightly surreal experience they were kind of the start is Tim Lovejoy and Simon Rimmer but he got teased at school because uh, he has the same name as that bloke from off of Red Dwarf so uh, it's uh, sure I did that joke in the last series uh, but no one listens back uh, so, uh, uh, and you know they kind of they cover quite a lot in the three hours so in the opening bit they kind of they're going to Jason Manford was on and Ollie Merce was on and uh, uh, Catherine Jenkins the singer uh, was on and then there was a woman uh, who was going to show them how to make shoes? Seems an odd. But just as they cut to her, she was making some shoes. And Jason Manford said, "Do we need to see a making shoe? They could just—we don't need to see it illustrated." A woman who was uh, making marmalade. Uh, but my favourite bit was uh, at the end, after it was all over. Ollie Murs—he's a singer from off of uh, the X Factor, I believe. Uh, he's the new Robbie Williams because we need a second one of those. And. Uh, <laughs> Catherine Jenkins, he said to her, oh, well, it was lovely to meet you. And Catherine Jenkins said, you've met me loads of times. And he said, he said uh, have I? He said, yeah, we went out for an evening with a, a group of friends. We had a whole night together. And Ollie Murs had forgotten. I turned to Jason Manford. He said, no, if I'd said which one of those two people wasn't going to remember meeting the other one, it would definitely have been the other way around for me. So uh, anyway, look, we'll crack straight on because we've got uh, two fantastic podcasts. I'm a bit annoyed. I've just... I didn't notice until I got out here that I've been given the shit chair. I know that my, both my guests have been given this uh, fantastic chair. That seems very unfair to me. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's crack on. Uh, we will, I've got two guests. They're both coming on. Uh, the, uh, they'll come on together. The uh, first one is probably best known as uh, the medic from Time Gentleman, Please, Charlie the Medic. Uh, he also played Ian Snell, of course, in Excavating Rita. That's uh, Trevor Locke. And also from the Ragu advert, it is Paul Partner. Will you please welcome Trevor Locke and Paul Partner? They've come on from the, the middle. There they go. Please sit down, make yourselves at home, pick up a mic. That, that, that mic you're sitting on. Paul Partner just sat on his mic. I did that earlier. It's quite, it's quite, it was quite a pleasant experience. To sit, to sit on your mic. How are you, fellas? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's very, you're both uh, bearded men, I noticed. We are bearded men. That's yeah. right. What's the... Uh, you got the part of the Captain Bird's eye moving on from Ragu? No, no I'm just... Because um, I, I was saying earlier that I gather it's really trendy to have a thick beard at the moment, and I just have it because I'm a middle-aged man. And it hides a multitude of chins, <laughs> as I say. Yeah. That's not trendy. Or, and I'm not doing it for any charity either. So there. <laughs> Doing it for me. You could shave it off for charity, I believe Stuart Lee has a routine about that. So, uh, and uh, 
Paul, uh, sorry, Trevor. That's right. I'm I'm Trevor, it's yeah. been a while Paul, since I've seen Paul, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the beard. Oh, yeah. I'm seen. Natalie, by the we, way. We haven't seen each other since 1999 when that's we, we yeah. last did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You played the uh, the small faced boy, I believe. Um, <laughs> is that correct? Yes. No, Trevor, you're not allowed to speak. We can't pay you to speak. <laughs> You are allowed to be well, better. It'd probably be better if you do uh, speak. You don't seem to have aged at all in the last 15, 16 years. Yeah. I'm not saying, Paul, that you have aged. <laughs> it's hard to determine you when you haven't got an orange head on. That is the, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to tell how old the well, kid is. Well, my skin has basically turned orange <laughs> since then. What is the secret of uh, this eternal youth that you, that you have? Well, I, I drank a magic potion uh, in the Amazon jungle in, yeah. uh, in 1999, in fact, yeah, 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 and ever since then, uh, life has, has stood still. Like Big John, Little John, yeah. before your time. We did discuss that, I think, on a previous... I think that's another, that's another pointless uh, reminiscence from the 1970s, which has been a, a running theme throughout this series. Uh, so, look, we all first met... We, the way we all got, well, you and I had met a little bit a year before, but we were in the play Excavating Rita. Yeah, we met doing that play, didn't we? That is how we actually got. Which was 1997. I think it was 1997. It was 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 the summer of 1997. It was June, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it began. It was yeah. Battersea. Yeah. In Battersea, we did Battersea start, and then, yeah. and then we went to Edinburgh and did it. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I only lost £10,000 on that place. I was, <laughs> quite, I was quite... Now, in retrospect, I'm quite happy with that. That was quite... Uh, yeah. well, and I then wrote two episodes of Time Gentleman Please based on that play and made the money back. So that, is, uh, that was right. the result. Uh, We're hopefully, recycling. Hopefully there'll be a Rasputin uh, version <laughs> of Time Gentleman Please. <laughs> Re- remixed. Uh, do you remember much about uh, Excavating Rita? When we talked about it backstage, Trevor looked like he'd forgotten he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember. I remember the smell of the dressing room, actually. Oh, I do, like, yeah, because I went near that dressing room uh, this summer and it smelled completely different. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one in Battersea? No, the, the one, one, the one in, in, the, in, in the Pleasance up in Edinburgh. That, yeah. it, was, uh, it was really fetid and uh, it was quite nice, actually. It was a really nice yeah. smell. But it's gone, that smell. We, oh, we were in the uh, Pleasance uh, out the one outside when we were upstairs. Oh, look, someone's just put their hand around to close the... <laughs> look at that. It's, uh, well, hey! <laughs> no, I remember um, probably your arse. Yeah. Because Richard used to... His character had to strip off uh, in this kind of drunken breakdown. Yeah, uh, whoever wrote it made me do yeah. that. That, was, that, wasn't, my, that wasn't my doing. And, of course, you're in these quite small venues... <laughs> You've got someone going, oh, getting all clothes off. And, <laughs> and you're stood right next to them, and then you're just sort of there, just watching. Yeah. In detail. Yeah. yeah. Still <laughs> bringing back any memories? <laughs> yeah. Still, that, my, my ass is like your face, yeah. uh, Trevor. You know, right? that sounds rude. Really that sounds rude. No, I meant it. It hasn't aged. Oh, okay. It hasn't I aged. I meant it's really hairy <laughs> and a little bit too small. There it is. <laughs> The actual anus is too small for the buttocks. That's the, it's a size 4 anus on a size 10 buttock. But I, when I did... <laughs> wow. Yeah. When I did Little Britain live... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's, we can talk about your less success this show. Yeah. Um, I had to sit very close in the wings to watch David Walliams strip off in a similar yeah. thing. And um, yeah, yeah, he got, all his, he got all his ideas from me. He's yes. got a very big uh, bottom to, for the size of his anus, though, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, big anus, big anus. massive that arsehole. Was... But, uh... <laughs> Hang on, that was another seventy show. 
There is actually another weird link-up with Excavating Rita and Fist of Fun, anyway, and I'm slightly disappointed with Judy, in that we, we all got together again to do a read-through in a theatre and the possibility a few years later that it yeah. might become uh, an actual play in the West End. And Julia Sawara uh, was cast as uh, one of the parts, mm. which, you know, she, she got the part for some, for some reason. Like, it just... <laughs> She ended up getting cast somehow in that. And we are now, in Fist Fun, I had had the Julia Sawala Shrine yeah. dedicated to, to her. And then after that, we got on quite well in the rehearsals and we started going out with each other. Oh. That was quite weird. You, you, you failed to mention how she learned. Oh, yeah. Do you, this is, yeah, this is, it was, this was quite an awkward moment within it all. Which, thanks so to we're all sitting, we've just done this uh, read through in the West End. So we're up in a pub in St. Martin's Lane. And, um, so the beer was flowing and I turned to Julia and I went <laughs> so what did you make of the old Sawala shrine <laughs> and she went what <laughs> I mean <laughs> the bit where he was madly crazed <laughs> lusting over you every week on this show that lots of people watched and um, you, 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 you actually didn't see that you don't know what I'm talking about and then um, yeah. she kind of went off and she stormed out with the thought, hump yeah she had the hump and stormed out so I thought you'd blown it I was really embarrassed because I couldn't believe she hadn't no one Why? had brought no one had brought it up for the, for the week for the two days we were rehearsing and then, and then she. I thought you must have mentioned it yeah. to her. Well, well, why would cool. you storm out? Why is that unpleasant well, just to know that someone that is attracted to you once thought, made a shrine? She about thought you. we were. <laughs> it was weird. And, <laughs> and, and, and did the line, my favourite woman is the head of Julius Swala <laughs> and the body of Julius Swala. Then why don't you just say the whole of Julius Swala? <laughs> I didn't say anything about them being joined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She did. She didn't have a great. She didn't have a great sense of humour, so she didn't like people. She thought we were laughing at her. <laughs> of course, she, she, when, went she thought, you when, when she found yeah. it, but she didn't have a great sense of humour because I also told her that joke, and she found that quite flattering. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't understand. Uh, it should have been a sign that it wasn't going to work out, but we, uh, we gave it a good crack. The, the, it there was another weird thing that happened that afternoon was that we finished this read-through, and as we were all walking up to the pub, I went, oh, Richard, hang on a minute. Um, I think we left some scripts. Are we all going back for some reason? He went, oh, no. Uh, look, I'll get a pint in for you. Could you run back to the theatre and pick up these scripts? So I went back down. And as I was going down, I saw John Hurt spinning round in this long leather coat in the middle of the road. <laughs> and I thought, what the bloody hell's going on? And as I got near, I noticed it was people taking photographs. And he was doing a production of Crap's Last Tape at the Ambassador's Theatre, where we were doing our table read. Anyway, so I walked past, and I went, oh, distracted. Went into this theatre, hump a it's a bit dark down here, just come down these steps. Right, here we go, oh, the stage, oh, it's pitch black. Suddenly the lights went, ding! Who are you? <laughs> I was on the set of The Mousetrap. <laughs> which is the theatre right next door to the Ambassadors. And it just goes to show you, if you've got enough confidence, you can walk onto the stage of any Western theatre. And the play was going on in the other yes, uh, I did it! I it did it! Me. The Curious Orange did it. <laughs> Oh, true story. <laughs> Never saw that coming. It was a very, it was a very weird, uh, very, very strange week. 
that week. Yes. I was, that was also the week, I think I've talked about this before, but a brief, where I had a recurring, I had one of those dreams that you can control. What's the, a lucid. Lucid dream. But then it got out of control and then it turned into one of those dreams where I kept on waking up and then, and then you know, was, was still in the dream. And so I kept waking up and then looking around the, the room and, it all, and then I'd see a little joss stick burning and go, well, that couldn't be there. And then I'd wake up again. And it went on. I thought I'd died because I couldn't wake up. And I thought, I can only escape. The alarm's going right. to go off and unless the alarm wakes me up, I'm never going to wake up. From like this. that episode of Hammer House of Horror, yeah, yeah. Rude Awakenings of Denim Elliot. Yes. Which we all like re- remember, don't we? <laughs> I imagine it was very like that. And so I was, that was very weird. And then we went to do this rehearsal and then I started going out with Julia Swala and I thought, hold. Because sometimes the dream when I, sometimes the dream <laughs> And I'm still slightly worried that I might just, this might be just a very, very long part. And I'm just about to wait, well, that should be quite, that'd be quite cool to just suddenly wake up back in 1999 again. Um, that, actually, please, please let me wake up and let me have another go at those last 15 years. It can't possibly have gone worse. Then it's gone. So, um, do you remember the ragu advert you were in? Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't ragu. Oh, what was it? It was Mio. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's a bit classier, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yes, I, I do remember it, because we had to film it uh, in Tuscany, and it was me, this Greek guy, and this woman who was Spanish, all pretending to be Italian, <laughs> in front of an Italian film crew, which was quite embarrassing. But, yeah. <laughs> Before the kick-off, Mama liked to make a tasty pasta sauce. And, yeah. <laughs> Did all the Italian film crew eat uh, Dolmio sauce? Or do they, no, they all like ragu when that's, that's what they... Yeah, yeah. And then we, we got replaced by those bloody horrible-eyed puppets <laughs> they have now. Mm. And uh, you're well known for being in... Both of you actually were in uh, Time Gentlemen, please. That was, that was my chosen... You played Charlie the Medic. Yeah, I remember which that. Which had, yeah. had quite a meta joke in it. Do you, know, do you remember it? Yeah, I do remember it. I but do, it had I quite a message that I don't think anyone got that we placed you on Charlie's from Casualty and you That's delivered all your lines looking over the shoulder like that. Like they've like from Charlie from Casualty. Yeah, 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 he never yeah, looks, yeah. he always sort of look, never looks anyone in the face and you did that. And I don't know if anyone ever noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> People did notice and thought that I was a very bad actor. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> For years, I tried to suppress that episode, and, but, and yeah. yet Charlie from Casualty is considered. You know, he's been working. He's still in Casualty. I saw yeah, him. He's got Casualty. secrets. He knows stuff. I and, thought he yeah. would be dead by now. Charlie from Casualty. No, no, no. he survived all the way through, and in a show called Casualty as well. That is, uh, well, it's because yeah. he's always looking for danger. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but the reason that I guess part of the reason you ended up in this morning, Rich not Judy, was because of that Edinburgh. When you're in excavated Greta, because to save you money and to pay you a bit of money, yeah, because yeah. we weren't really paying you, I don't think, to be in the play. Uh, no. We we paid you ten pounds a day to come be in the stage for, in the Edinburgh version of this morning, Rich not Judy, that yeah. we and Stu were doing yeah. at lunchtime, mm-hmm. and you and you and Natalie both came across and were our new bar slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was how that that role yeah. came about. Yeah, and you yeah. just kept us in for the real thing. Yeah, yeah. though we didn't make you dress up quite as much. You quite enjoyed dressing up, I think. And Natalie didn't enjoy dressing up as much, did she? I loved it. I, and I still had the, the skin tight gold suit that I, that I had to wear for being an Oscar. And I used to wear that in my life. <laughs> yeah. And um, in fact, I, my career as a stand up comedian stalled um, because I wore it at a jongleur's in, in Luton. <laughs> um, it was my first ever chance to do a showcase at a jongleur's. I don't know if you know what Jonglers is like. It's, main, it's like live at the Apollo, 
and I had a ten-minute spot, and uh, and I just had this costume fitted for me. And I thought this looks amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out on stage and tell them I'm all from the future, <laughs> and then just riff it from there. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> And yep, yeah, it was pretty horrific. Never been yeah. And you still, are you still in touch with Natalie? You still, we we are. We we, we meet up regularly, sort of once <laughs> once a week. We yeah. have coffee sometimes at her, sometimes at mine. Yeah. Uh, no, I have never seen her again. No. <laughs> I've bumped into her a couple of times. I believe she's a, a teacher now. In uh, last time I saw her was in Bristol, I think. But I yeah. I think I saw her in Edinburgh as well. She may have moved. Hello, Natalie. Uh, if you're, we'll try and get her involved in the extras for the uh, DVD if we can uh, track her down everyone asks me about her she's yeah. so popular yeah, no, people I, love probably once a month someone asks me a question yeah. they, they, a lot of people do a lot of people ask me about the girl from the Fist of Fun titles which I always find you know there's a little oh, girl yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think so whatever happened to the girl from the Fist yeah, of Fun yeah, yeah, yeah tweet like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm not going to reply to you I don't yeah. think there's uh, <laughs> I'm not going to help you track her down. you know she's no longer a little girl that is the only thing I feel uh, safe about but uh, she got quite upset she didn't she kind of did. She, she was a glamorous woman, and she enjoyed being a glamorous woman. And she didn't enjoy some of the costumes we made a dress up in. Because so yeah, I was the glamorous one, really. Yeah, you were. And, 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 if uh, yeah. I remember rightly, and she doesn't mind me saying this, did her mum ring up? Her mum rang me up one week uh, to say, <laughs> "I think it was the when we had them had you in full uh, is, Islamic dress." So she was. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> And she, but I think that week she actually sort of fainted during the rehearsal of it as well. But it was a little bit for effect of she wanted to, she kind of wanted to be seen. So us covering her up in a, a yashmak and all that stuff. Well, I was Princess Layla, and she was uh, she was a, a, a Rob Prowse, wasn't she? Right. Dave Prowse. Oh, was the she the Darth, 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 Darth Vader? She was the Darth Vader, but right. dressed as a country bumpkin oh, yeah. with massive sideburns. Yeah. So she wasn't happy. And about I was a lovely, beautiful and I think, lady. And one week, I think a boy she was a man she was interested in uh, was coming along to the show, <laughs> and that was the week she was dressed as a gemet- genetically modified potato. <laughs> she, she was upset. So yeah, her mum did ring up and ask to ask. I was so tempted to get my dad to ring up the following week and go, "You make my son look like this horrible <laughs> citrus fruit thing." <laughs> So uh, I, I don't remember much about how this morning Rich Not Judy came back. Me, me, me and Stu had done two Edinburgh. So we did a version in 1994, I think, uh, was the first time we did this morning Rich Not Judy, which I'll probably talk to Stu about. Then we did this in 1997 in the cabaret bar. And I think when we did it, when we brought it back in 1997, I think it was with a view to maybe trying to do something with it on TV. But it was very... We, we really left it to the last minute because I'd been writing a play. I think we were both doing solo... Well, Stu was doing a stand-up show, it certainly... Uh, and so I seem to remember coming to that show with no script Richard Thomas was on the piano uh, we kind of met up the day before and we made some stuff up it was kind and of pre Badil and Skinner unplanned well they it? came to see that show oh. that year and then the next year we're in the same room doing what I thought was a very similar yeah. idea <laughs> but, uh, yeah. they, but they under, they managed to sell Badil and Skinner managed to sell the Badil and Skinner unplanned format which is two blokes making stuff up all around the world and made millions of pounds. Oh, over, they've sold that as a format. Yeah, yeah, it's quite impressive. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> very impressive behaviour. Uh, do, do you remember any? 
I mean, we made up the Trevor and Natalie song during that. During that. Yeah, uh, that, that was an amazing. I don't know how you managed to make that song up. Um, <laughs> it just, it just came out of you. It, there was it, a thing yeah. that uh, didn't make it through to the TV series, which was Trevor Locke's celebrity sock. Oh, it's a gossip sock. <laughs> gossip sock. Gossip sock. <laughs> now I've managed to syndicate that. Have you? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, personally, I don't have to do anything with it. Yeah, it was a gossip sock. Yeah, it was a gossip sock. So we did. I think we did the King of the Show, and we did. We did the, the King the of the Show. Yeah. What yeah. was that thing you, they always used to bring on a tea trolley? Yeah. yeah, well, so that stayed. That stayed, didn't it? It was a themed tea trolley. So they were in the in the Edinburgh version. They were the slaves for whoever became the, whoever paid the most money for a ticket uh, became king of the show. Again, yeah. I probably might talk to you about this later. Uh, but and then they would they were served they were his serving wenches and whoever gave the least money for the to, for a ticket because we auctioned the tickets. Uh, was the was the extra slave and had to go and buy the king something from the shops. So whatever yeah. they wanted, they had to go and get. And sometimes they didn't come back, and sometimes they did come back. But often they spent five p on a ticket, so we didn't feel too bad making them miss half the show. But it was more of an interview. It was like it was a bit like this. It was a sort of interview. Yeah. We got like guests in, didn't we? So yeah, was, you had that yeah. weird band who played the saw, Faust. Yeah, Faust. Yeah, 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 which yeah, yeah. I'm sure Stuart will, will want to talk about. Uh, that was that was one of his bookings, and we had um, we had the guy from. Um, oh, see, still, I don't even really embarrass the guy from. And I like them now. Rich it, Rich Fulcher. No, uh, okay. the uh, she said there's something in the word shared. That guy. Oh yeah, yeah, Neil yeah, Hannon. Uh, Neil Div- Hannon. Divine yeah. Comedy. Yeah. He was yeah the di- Divine Comedy guy. He was one of the guests, but I'd never seen him uh, really. I wasn't interested in music. And yeah, when we were doing the um, the auction outside, he started bidding as a joke. And I, t- I took his bids, and then he was going, uh-huh. and then I got angry with him, and she went, that's our guest, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't recognise Neil Hammond, so that was... I remember I was actually a guest on it once as Wait. one of my comedy characters. And I turned up, and they said, uh, so, um, you know, what, what sort of intro do you want? I said, but he's a, he's a kind of hapless, useless comedian. And you say, here he comes, it's Frankie Tan, he's not very good. And then introduce me, and I'll come on and do my turn. And of course, I'm introduced as here he is. It's Paul Butler in a wig, pretending to be a silly man. <laughs> you know. And so I finished this routine, and I saw, and they wanted to ask. We had to ask questions afterwards, and they would just call me Paul the whole time. So, you, know, you know, here he is. It's Barry Humphreys dressed up as Dame Edna. Being a silly Australian woman. We were, we were pricks, I have to say. I mean, we, were, just like, we were a pair of pricks, both of us. Um, and uh, so, well, somehow we got. I mean, I made. This is the 1990s. Now I look. I, I was here last night doing the uh, comparing the new act competition for the Leicester Square, and all these fantastic 15 young comedians or new comedians, all brilliant. Yeah. Like all of them brilliant. Uh, it was very difficult to choose who to win. And you think in the 1990s, just pretty much anyone who turned up in Edinburgh would probably get a radio or a TV show within four or five years. And we turned up to Edinburgh with no format, made something up as we went along, and then got a TV series out. But that just sort of seems insane, even though the TV series was quite different uh, than that. Uh, so I feel sorry for these fantastic... And I'm scared of them, because they're brilliant and much better than me and have lots of energy and ideas. But then also... There's so many of them that the good ones are probably going to fall by the wayside. <laughs> There'll be no way for them to get through, the really good ones. So, uh, so somehow we got a TV series that I think sort of started that year. I think that's right. I think, oh, no, no, it's next year, wasn't it? The, the following night. spring, yeah, yeah. Yeah, following spring. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but we used to um, do these kind of run-through rehearsals at the Battersea Arts Centre. Do you remember that? 
I do for the first series, wasn't it? And then we did yeah. the, the Riverside in the second series, I think, yeah. And the curious orange was just me in an orange leotard. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. With my head through a table. <laughs> then I had to sort of pull out and do a somersault. And, oh well, it's quite, I've watched a couple of the episodes uh, just in preparation for this. And it's quite in the early episodes, it's quite interesting because, you know, the things that would go on, like the curious orange, I think mm. in the second episode of the, the first series I watched, and the curious orange gets a sort of weird reaction as people don't understand what it is and at the end I say you'll all be doing it in the playground in a couple of weeks even those of you who aren't at school you'll still be doing it you'll be going into the playground in order to do it so we kind of some things we stuck with like the Curious Orange which didn't work there was Gary there was Gary Putner which we stuck we didn't stick with which didn't work this shows how thick I was at the time I remember you telling me about a couple of weeks later, you went, yeah, I've been sort of, you know, I've been in this chat room and sort of people aren't really going for the Curious Orange. And I said, well, where is this chat room? Where, can, where is it that you talk to this? Is there a bar? And it, and I genuinely just didn't have any idea of the internet. And well, it was, what, early, it was very early days. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you said, oh, they all like you this week. The following week. So, no, oh, there you go. <laughs> but we knew, I think we had, we had confidence in some of the things because like a lot you know things like I mean even history and plenty the first couple of weeks that goes out people are just it's just silence yeah. from the audience <laughs> like what the fuck is this and then, but then but you know as it goes on it becomes sort of hysteria over everything so but we, there was do you remember Gary Putner which we did in the first week yeah because it was a lot what's incredible about it it was nearly all live so there was a few pre-recorded sketches but we were doing everything live and you were quite nervous about doing live stuff I seem to remember well, I, I, I think you got it slightly wrong. A Gary Partner was in the first series. Yeah. In the ironic review, he was just kind of gauche. Oh, that's right. Kind yeah. of Gary Bushel sort of character in those little sequences. And you said, we've written this thing we want to put in the second series. All right. So. Uh, which is he's a monologue to camera. And we had to film this quite in, before we did the live recording. And I did it, and it was always very quick, very quick. And I did it, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> and I remember just being on a train coming back from Edinburgh, talking to one of these comedians, and his girlfriend said, yeah, I really enjoyed the second series, apart from this awful cockney bloke <laughs> I had on halfway through. It was terrible. And I went, oh, really? Yeah, that was me. Well, the, it was nice. I think, again, if we'd sat with it, it might work, because the idea was just basically Richard Littlejohn and Gary Pushel every yeah. week in the... Basically, in the sun there, Colin, were, you couldn't make it up. And then they would just say something, and every week it would be... Yeah, yeah. And so it was just like every, every week you were going to go, you were having a laugh, which then yeah. turned to be quite a successful yeah. catchphrase for someone else. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and then slightly changed, so you're having a bath and things like yeah, that, yeah, wasn't yeah, there as well? Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was just confusing. Yeah, well, it could have been Gary Putner, da movie. <laughs> might have happened, but, you know... It's interesting. It's interesting the way the things we could have been in Les Mis. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were Thaddeus in uh, the Sunday Hero sketch. Oh yeah, that was my that was my big part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed that. that was, I watched that one today. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So it was Jesus and the disciples as if they were children at school, and you were the disciple who didn't have anything to do. Do you remember it? <laughs> and he's going, you know, are you happy? Is everything all right? There's a brilliant line that didn't get a laugh, which is Stu as Jesus going, "Is everything all right at home with your mum and dad?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Were you doubting Thomas? Was that your? Oh, I doubt that very much. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, those, I really, I, I particularly enjoyed doing those sketches. They were, I thought they were great. They were fun. They were fun. It was, but what's astonishing about even watching it back is just how any of it got onto television <laughs> at all. I mean, but certainly at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Afternoon. <laughs> It's just so rude and like, and so sort of dis. dis well, I, you know, I, I, remember, I remember one of the complaints was, "I am a retired police officer." <laughs> they always have to start with something like that. And my daughter was watching this blasphemous sketch, and it mentioned homosexuality. Is this the sort of thing that the BBC are throwing at us? Not only that, there's this gaggle of imbeciles screaming, shouting. <laughs> it was just so funny. But then. Didn't a Sunday school teacher wrote in and said, I know you probably think I would be uh, complaining about this, but I actually use these every week <laughs> as part of my class, and then we discuss it afterwards. And he says, they're perfect teaching tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, with, as with all of uh, the religious stuff that most of me and Stuart and me have done, we were very deeply researched everything and had mm. thought about everything. So it was all about the kind of the contradictions that got thrown up. Yeah. Uh, with, within it, so there, yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot packed into these shows. It's kind of I'd forgotten really how many ideas there were mm. in there, but a lot of them are just deeply weird and unsettling. Yeah. It's like the, when the curious orange, or the curious eight, was the, no, the curious orange goes mad and goes to the audience like in Jaws, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which we'd obviously pre-recorded. But the, the episode ends with a woman sort of screaming about her yeah. child being killed by yeah. her. <laughs> Curious Orange well, and that's the end and it's just we go we made this and that's the end of the well, <laughs> well, no, what I remember was when in the, in the last episode uh, of one of the series is when I had to be um, <laughs> it was a vote I think it must have been the first series where um, you, the audience could decide whether in the last episode the Curious Orange would get crushed and turn into juice <laughs> While singing this kind of little sweet song, and they got in all these little stage girl ballerinas, you know, of about three or four years old, and they said, "Oh, come in, and do the rehearsal." Oh no, all a bit scared, and they were genuinely scared of this horrible orange. 
think you bananas for a hand. And, um, and then the, the director, uh, Gareth Caravick and uh, Charlie Hanson, sort of went, oh, we're going to come over here and meet him. And Paul be nice. And I was going, oh, hello, I'm the Curious Orange. Are you all going to do a little dance for me? And everyone will go, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when we rehearsed it, and I get crushed, go, they were all really scared and upset again. won their confidence and then <laughs> killed their new friend they just I just having sticky orange juice on my face with wasps around it all afternoon anyway sorry uh, did people recognise you as the curious orange in the in the street or did you um, yeah it's yeah. really weird well they'd just be really hung over people <laughs> Sort of on a, on, a, on a Monday or something, you know. Yeah. yeah, I did did occasionally, yeah. Yeah, and then you went on to do uh, Talking Head uh, for ty- the Ties advert that you claim is nothing to do with the Curious Orange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely believe that. You genuinely believe that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need. Uh, have have you the, seen the adverts? <laughs> yeah. You've seen the adverts you're in uh, <laughs> of, the, of the Curious Orange, like. Ties ahead. The curious, the ties are orange. Yeah, yeah. What was it you say? Because it was on the bumpers for CD UK. And you said, and here, you used to all get introduced at the beginning of the live recording. And here he is, Paul Butler, the only crimson head disembodied creature who appears on a weekend in two separate programmes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice. Some, nice. Nice. Someone made some money out of that. And have you seen yeah. the? Uh, <laughs> have, have you seen the annoying orange? Yes. Have you seen that on? It's a YouTube thing. Yeah, especially with my young nephew, when my mum and his grand said, "Oh, uh, um, you want to eat your uncle Paul? He used to do a thing called the Curious Orange long before the annoying orange. Do you want to have a look on the YouTube?s It's boring." <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Then he, sh- <laughs> and he showed me about an hour of annoying orange. Is it good? It's annoying. The annoying orange sued... The people who made the annoying orange sued someone else for doing something similar. Uh, that they'd sued, And I thought we were. Maybe we should sue the annoying yeah, yeah. orange people for doing something. Oh, so absolutely. it's quite It's quite interesting that they... Uh, I mean, I think it's entirely independent, but it's very... You know, it's a disembodied yeah. orange talking. But it's yeah. annoying rather than curious. Yeah. It's possible two people have come up with that idea. Yeah? yeah. yeah. It's all possible. Uh, you never know. Uh, and, uh, well, so what have you been doing uh, since I last saw you in 1999, Trevor? And uh, that, when we left the last episode of This Morning Rich, Not Judy, and I've never seen you since? Well, you know, I've had uh, several successful businesses <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a marriage. Um, which was also successful uh, right up until the end of it. Um, um, it was a success and quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, then I've had some delicious uh, meals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, and you're laughing, seriously. Seriously. I, they, they, I had something that's called a triplay uh, a couple of years ago. It's, it's a sandwich with three pieces of bread and avocado in it, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You spend a lot of time in South America now. Yep. What's, uh, what attracts you uh, to South America? <laughs> um, well, it's the weather, really. The okay. weather and the culture, you know, um, and, of, and, the, and the triplays. 
There's th- three pieces of bread. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've got... Uh, I'm, I'm in a movie out there. Do you know Are that? You? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Are about... you telling me you're big in Peru? Is no, that I'm, I'm not, no, but it has been released. Has it? It has been released. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What's so, the movie about? It's about... Um, I, I play a gay Englishman on holiday with his wife uh, in <laughs> Peru in the 1960s. Oh, OK. Yeah. And uh, it's set in a beach house, and uh, there's a magic tree, and if you touch the tree, you go all hairy. <laughs> It started out when we when we were filming it. It was a comedy, okay. It, it, it was released as a mystery. It's true. It's a mystery movie. Do you speak in English? In the I speak in Spanish. Spanish. Right? Yeah, I speak. I speak. I speak. Do you, do you speak Spanish? I speak Spanish wow. in my own life and wow. on film. Yeah. Speak some. Say I've got a very small face in Spanish. Uh, yo tengo una una cara chiquitito. Muy chiquitito. Good, finally bastante guapo. <laughs> what about you, Paul? You've, you've done. You did a, a film that w- w- that opened the Cannes Film Festival or something. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a Paris Chatem. Oh yeah. Which was a few years back. Uh, for the the it was. A, I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's one of these portmanteau movies where there's lots of little stories all about Paris, set in a different arrondissement. A little five-minute love story, and mine was uh, by the Eiffel Tower. Uh, for the director Sylvain Chumet, who did the uh, Bellevue Rendezvous, um, you know the animator. Anyone aware yeah, of him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 very good. Uh, the Illusionist. Bellevue Rendezvous is excellent. <laughs> the Illusionist. Um, yeah, so that was that was interesting, and I had to be a kind of comical mime artist, uh, or terrible mime artist, in fact, um, which which which. Great fun. Uh, the, the, it's a strange thing how that came about because I remember thinking that you lay seeds for jobs very early on, uh, sometimes without realising it. And I remember when I was at drama school, uh, I was asked to do a Saturday night cabaret thing where I said, oh, uh, let's do a silly mime. So we did the silly mime. And then another ten years after that, I brought back this mime character. It was a thing where it was literal mime climbing up a real ladder stuck in a real transparent box, <laughs> eating a real banana in this very exaggerated way. And, and then I did that. And now you're miming yourself doing yes, the real... Yes, on, on a podcast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so after that, a few years later after that, um, I used to do a, a club called the Regency Rooms, uh, Lenny Bay, Steve First, and so uh, I resurrected it for that. And then it... I got asked to do it for uh, Little Britain in the first series, and then, and then Sylvain Chumet saw that, and then put me in this thing. You know, like twenty years after the first time I did it. So it's strange how yeah. you get these. So the curious orange could come back. Yeah, could. <laughs> a little seed, a little seed in a serious film. Yeah, there you go. I'm not very quite, funny, but life-affirming. It'd be, it'd be quite good to do that. The Curious Orange as a sort of series. I mean, it, it, what, there were elements of it that were... Mm. The bit I saw was, again... Because I think you were away for a couple of weeks doing something else, weren't you? So we, we, that's why The Curious Alien came in in the second series. So oh. we pre-recorded some bits with you. There's a bit of you on a, on a park bench with an old lady drinking oh, yeah. tenants. So you, <laughs> oh, that's right. Which you must have enjoyed, because you're the only non-tramp I know who drinks... Tenant Super. Tenant yeah, Super. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I tr- it's like a liqueur, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes. 
Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. I think I was doing a, a, a thing with Phil Jupiter and uh, Alistair McGowan called Dark Ages, oh, yeah. which no one watched um, for ITV. Right. So I, I disappeared, and then it all clashed. But we were able to fill my inserts. Yeah. And then I think you'd be brought in when I couldn't be there for the live stuff. The Curious Alien. The Curious Alien, which was Emma Kennedy, who unfortunately cannot be here tonight because yeah. of her slapstick father. <laughs> uh, who, who has, you know, quite seriously broken his leg. But it's still, he's Welsh. It's still funny to... That's, it's funny to laugh at a Welsh old man falling yeah. down some stairs, however bad the injury is. <laughs> she did give me permission to... She, in fact, she suggested that I, that I say stuff like that. So it's a shame uh, not to have uh, here yeah. to discuss... Uh, Nostradamus and the sexual chemistry between me and Nostradamus, but maybe we'll uh, interview yeah. somewhere else about. I thought it was about that was. I mean, there's so much strange stuff. I mean, that is a very. I want explain that. Was the real sexual tension between you two outside of that costume or character, or was it the character that you were attracted to? Well, it's to? a very. We have a very interesting relationship, me and Emma, over the years. I think. In that, I think we've never uh, our moments of amorousness towards each other never quite matched. And I'm not sure we ever really were amorous. I mean, she's sort of like my sister, which is why I want to fuck her. Uh, so, uh, but I, but we never. Uh, have I met? Have you got a sister? Yeah, I have, but you know, I can't fuck her because it's against. Okay, I'd like to. I'd like to, but I can't. So, like with Emma, she isn't. Emma isn't my sister, so I can. So yeah, she's yeah, like my sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She looks identical to my sister. Uh, when we did the Oxford Review together, there was a time when she said... We were, had to share beds sometimes, and she said, can I share your bed? And I said, yeah. And then, in the middle of the night, I kind of, you know, chanced my arm. <laughs> and then, um, not in a, no, in, a, in a bad way, I just sort of... Used your arm. I just my arm. <laughs> I just, you know, I sent out a probe uh, to see... Yeah. To see if there was life, <laughs> and then uh, where's this going? And she, uh, <laughs> it was it was the eighties. She, uh, men and women were different. She laughed uh, openly at me, and then said, uh, and then and I pretended to be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like years later, when I was uh, when we were in Edinburgh, she kind of got quite. I got involved with one of the actresses in one of the plays, and she got with quite, all of the actresses. One of the actresses. <laughs> I got involved with a lot of actresses, but I got involved in one, with the actress in one yeah. of the plays, yeah. in uh, playing Isaac with Jesus, and uh, she and she was in that as well. And she, I was in that. Yeah, you were. And she was yeah. quite. She was sort of quite jealous. She kind of didn't talk to me for like a week, and then oh. I said to her, uh, "The thing is, Emma, like all these other women will come and go in my life, but you will always be there." And that made her all right. She was happy. What a line! Uh, so uh, it was pretty. It was pretty much true. Yeah, pretty much true. So we have we have a nice a platonic relationship that had a couple of, you know, either, either you know, it's like uh, you seen that film Sliding Doors. It's, um, it's a great film. It's an Which, amazing. Coincidentally, film. came out the year we did the first series of This Morning with well, Richard there you go. and the Truman Show. Your other favourite. Film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a great year for comedy. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so but then that was bizarre. it was quite bizarre within the you know the idea of Nost- the Nostradamus character. Apart from it being 1999, and that's I was quite obsessed with Nostradamus. Yeah. And I wrote a play about Nostradamus that year as well, uh, which was a bit more serious. Uh, it was a woman on a pretend horse, Bernie Clifton horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pretending to be a man. Yeah, that's what got it for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the episode I saw, just that I watched it before, 
She comes on, and there's obviously a bit of sexual tension. She's predicted we'll kiss. She gets something wrong, so I have to punish her. I'd forgotten about this, so I sort of twist her false leg. She goes, no, properly punish me. And so she rips open her... <laughs> she rips open her top, and she's got, like, a... a uh, like a false male chest. <laughs> that I then have to tweak and stuff. But then I... Th- I think, doesn't it turn out later on that she is a woman pretending to be... Yeah, I think so, And yeah. then I think she rips off yeah. the male chest and it's there's a, a false, false woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wasn't... So it's very, you know, it's like, it's sort of me, and she's going to all punish me and I'm tweaking her nipples. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, on at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> afternoon, on a Sunday, I'm kind of tweaking her nipples. She's going, oh... <laughs> you didn't also write the particular episode of when... When things fall out of cupboards. <laughs> uh, there's one where <laughs> Kev Eldon is pouring a big tin of baked beans over her. She's having orgasms, you know. <laughs> I didn't. He Stu, didn't write that. Stu wrote that. So right. we'll have a, I'll talk to Stu about his, uh, how he got on with Emma, see whether, whether they get yeah. a... You know, we've known each other for a long time, me and, me and Emma, so it's, uh, it's a shame she's not here. Uh, yeah. But also hilarious. LAUGHTER <laughs> It's not at all amusing. Uh, I'll ask you some emergency questions because people will want to hear those uh, before we go. Right. Uh, I've got an emergency question. It's called Desert Island Dicks. And uh, so I think it's going to surprise you. What eight Richards would you take with you to a desert island? Right. If you had to take eight. So I want you to think quite seriously about it. Which, if you had to take... When you're going to be stranded on a desert island with eight Richards, which eight Richards? You can select the eight Richards. I'm already on there. I'm like the William Shakespeare and Bible, Richard. Right. So you've got me, just so that you don't have the embarrassment of not choosing me. All right. So eight Richards each. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and sixteen they all, have, they all have to be different, and they have to be the sixteen that you would take to a desert island. That well, should fill up the time for the rest right. of the podcast. Uh, okay, I, I'll start. Yeah. I would take Richard Kill. The, jaw, the late actor who's just died yeah. who, uh, who played Jaws from The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, I don't think anyone's chosen him. Right. That's a good choice. I would choose um, Richard Jobson, the lead singer of The Skit. Yeah, who would then... He married... Uh, who did he marry? He married someone like... I want to say Toya, but it wasn't Toya, wasn't it? It's no, Muriel no. Muriel Gray? Gray? Maybe. I think so, yeah, maybe. Okay. He's, he did a lot of TV presenting. Right, okay. I, w- I would take... Um, the good thing Dickie about this, Davis. Dickie the, Davis, the, that's good. Because you've thought, your thoughts, Trevor, uh, this is good, this helps. I mean, um, you've been having me. Okay. It doesn't that's, help because I've, I've lost three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can chip in and, you know. The good thing about this is it's kind of funny for a little bit and then yeah, it gets yeah. really boring. <laughs> okay. And then it becomes really funny again. And, it's the, and, and it just. Well, I'll take uh, Keith Richard yeah. and um, Cliff Richard. Okay. And uh, Richard the Lionheart. Yeah. And uh, could have gone for Wendy Richard, the, tri- the whole the triumvirate of Richards. <laughs> She's not really a Richard, though, because she hasn't got a Richard. You know. What I mean? <laughs> okay. um, Ricardo Montalbán, yeah, very from good. Fantasy Island and the Wrath of Khan. He'd be very good on an island. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> he'd be good. That's a good choice. Yeah. No one's had him because he could be. You know, if you could have the little guy as well. All right, um, Richie Rich, the cartoon character <laughs> from the Archie comics, who is um, eventually Richard. died and became Casper the Ghost. <laughs> um, okay, I uh, have uh, Richie Richardson, the uh, former West Indies number three and uh, okay. one-time captain. Yeah. 
I don't want you to speak. You're not just choosing people called Richard. These have to be the eight that you would take. Oh, right, okay. So, oh, okay. Okay. So I want to make okay. sure you've got that. Okay. I would take Ricky Gray. Okay. Um, who runs a chain of fish and chip shops in East Grinstead. Yeah. That's a good chip because he could prepare food. Well, he used to go to school with him, you know. Um, <laughs> I would, maybe I would take Richard Hawley. Um, oh, he, he's a very good Richard. musician from Sheffield. Yeah. I wouldn't take uh, that Richard Wilson. Uh, who says, oh. I don't believe it. Yeah, wouldn't take him. Uh, that would get grating. <laughs> <laughs> Because he'd just do it, you know, like, we're on an island. Rick, um, I would, can, do that, does it matter if they're dead? It doesn't, you've already chosen some dead I would ones. take Richard Burton. Yeah. Oh. Right. Um, in, only as his character Vic Dakin from the film Villain. I'm not sure that would be allowed because the oh. character's not called Richard. Oh, right, okay. Richard Burton. Okay. <laughs> then you'd make your hands. I'll take Richard Cheese. Yeah, who is a guy who parodies uh, uh, grunge music in the style of lounge? Yeah, I'll take Richard Milk, uh, who is a man that parodies Richard Cheese, um, by just doing any song he can think of uh, whilst pouring milk on him. Sounds a bit like my act. <gasps> that must be all right. All right, well, I we'll... take Richard O'Sullivan. Oh yeah, good. Playing Dick Turpin. <laughs> <laughs> the series in the 1970s. Okay, I think that counts as uh, 16. Two, surely. 16 for both of you. If both, this is a question to both of you. If you had to choose between dating a man uh, who was a six foot tall penis, <laughs> just basically was a penis six foot tall with a face. That's mm. the only thing. It's the pe- apart from that, it's a six foot tall penis. Uh-huh. Or. <laughs> A man who, instead of a penis, had a tiny man. <laughs> Just attached to him there. Yeah. Which, and you have to date one of those two and probably go and have sex with them. Which one of the two would you choose of those two? So the little man is facing the man. Uh, his feet, feet downwards. I want him. He has, he has no... The man has no... Je- I mean, he has balls, but he does... And then the man... So if you're going to make love with him, the band would have Does to the do tiny that. man have... Uh, he has a tiny man as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's infinite tiny men. Yeah. I knew it. Both in both directions. <laughs> really? Until they loop up, so the biggest one is also the smallest one, and then it's a circle. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a no-brainer. It's just a <laughs> no-brainer, yeah. Which, do you, which would you like? So the, this is a giant phallus. Six-foot tall penis. It sort of walks around on just like Testicles. slivers like a... No, they don't think it has balls. It just, you know, like a slug moves around. Like, like a slug. Wasn't, wasn't this a character in the Organ Gang? <laughs> no, no, we never, we didn't, okay. was never in the Organ Gang. gang. We didn't go that. You know, he was an un, the unspoken member of so, the Organ Gang. So basically, uh, Terry Todd. Uh, hang on a minute. So he's limbless. He's he got balls. He walks on his balls. But he, no, he hasn't had balls. He has a slug like. Just the bottom of his penis shaft is a slug like. No, he should walk on his balls. Well, that would hurt. No, he'd be in terrible pain Right, and every time he moved. Oh, yeah, because, of course, there's no nerve endings at the base yeah. of the penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not in this slug-like arrangement. And, and presumably the only orifice is the little eyelet at the That's top. That's right, yeah. The so little eyelet, that's the correct term for it, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not going to say the race. The external meatus. Yeah. <laughs> the herring's eye, as I've been trying to, pop- to popularise to call it. So where is the face? Is it just, the... just on his... Like, on, on the, the helmet. The Frenum thing. So the, it's uh, the Frenum, yeah. The Frenum really can sad. be the nose. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then his eyes are either side of that, and then, yeah, and then his mouth is sort of underneath the foreskin, the place where the foreskin meets the... Quite, it's quite a messy. <laughs> Maybe it's on the other side. Where the food fair. collects. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the choices. Which would you choose? I think I'd, because at least there's one personality you'd have to deal with. Yeah. With the other option, you've just got all these Millions. thousands of people trapped in this awful. <laughs> <Yeah, but laughs> you'd never get bored. Old oh, David Cronenberg, <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. But you're going on a date, Paul. You've got to think about it. You're going on a date. Oh, it's okay? a date. It's yeah, you're going yeah. on a date. Your, your a date. date doesn't really have a proper mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to do all the talking. It's just going to have to nod or maybe wink. <laughs> and you won't be sure if it's actually winking. It could, that's, it could have something in its herring's eye yeah. and just be... So you'll never know if it's really right. enjoying your anecdotes. Well, the other I one? would know because he'd be laughing and his shoulders would be going up and down. And, <laughs> and then God knows what might happen then. <laughs> Have you made your choices? You're going for the man tiny penis and you're going for the big penis. That's yeah. nice that, you've got, that you could double date. <laughs> and then if you, if you changed your mind halfway, then you could stop going, actually, I'd rather, I've now thought about it, Paul. Yeah. I would like the penis man to go, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I've not got that. Uh, you've, uh, Paul, you've always got like, loads of anecdotes of uh, where things fuck up, but you, you, you quite badly fuck up quite a lot, like the Julius Sawala one we had. Yeah. Was that? Was that the? You were saying backstage you had had an idea of something. Oh was, no! Was well, that that? Oh. No. Always say the right. He's very good at Paul. What Paul is great at is going to the famous person and getting them to talk about the thing that no one else would ask them about. But secret affair. Secret, <laughs> secret affair. Secret affair. Oh, oh, well, I was going to tell the uh, the one from this morning with Richard Notchie. Yeah, do that. Uh, <laughs> but what's the secret affair? I, and I've then been, do I've the been secret having affair. a secret oh, the affair secret with your affair, wife. I, 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 very briefly, I was introduced at this, at this book signing for a, about the two tone tour, the music scar revival thing. And um, I got introduced to um, this guy from who used to be in a mod revival band in the late 70s uh, called Secret Affair. And um, he was having a really good evening. And this woman who introduced me said, oh, I said, so how do you know this chap? I can't remember, is his name Ian? I can't remember. Ian Pace. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're thinking of Ian Pace from Hale and Pace. Yeah, Hale yeah. and Pace. Um, sorry, Ian. Where are you? And um, anyway, so he was having a good time. And I said, oh, how do you, know, how do you met? And she goes, oh, I used to book the identity lineups on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. I said, oh. I said, and you went on that? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, I don't like those. I always think they're a bit embarrassing, really, and a bit mean-spirited. He goes, no, 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 it was good. The band site got a lot of hits the next day, and, uh, you know, it was a good thing, you know. I said, really? You know, but it's not like you were just the bass player. You know, you wrote the songs. You shouldn't have been... And I thought, why am I doing (laughs) And I said, you know, obviously it was good for the... the And I 
just ruined his evening, basically. Because no. he obviously had doubts about it and then thought, no, it was all right, it was good. <laughs> you were right, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, at least you knocked some sense mm. into him. But you were you're, you're very happy to talk to people about their... You know, well, I mean, it usually works out well, well the, the but one I, the, it doesn't. The one I do remember, though, from this morning with Richard, not Judy, it was very early on, one of the very first rehearsals, and we're all sitting around the table. Um, correct me if this is... If I'm wrong... Uh, but we got talking about conspiracy. Uh, no, it's about people who uh, get into cults, infiltrate cults to find out information and about how sometimes they get converted to the cult themselves. And we're thinking about what would be the most susceptible person uh, to, you know, and we're saying it's probably someone who, you know, is uh, not necessarily an atheist, but just kind of either way. You know, I could be Christian, could be an atheist. But if, if it's anyone who's staunch in, in either non-belief or belief, you know, it would be, you know, maybe more problematic. Anyway, it's a boring conversation. And I just said, I mean, well, who would, who would be someone you could imagine who might get, who you wouldn't think, but might get turned around by a cult? And I went, oh, I don't know, someone like Chris Morris, maybe. And then you went, oh, Joe's seen Chris Morris's bottom. <laughs> and I went, what? And we had a lovely Joe Unwin in the cast, which is Chris's wife. Yes, she is his wife. Yes, and I didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, no, actually, I think you're probably correct. <laughs> yes, Joe was... I think Joe actually made the decision not to be in the second series of this yeah. one, not Judy. Uh, she was fantastic. She was in the... Uh, she was in... What I'd really liked for years, because she was in that advert with the guy who went in the fast show, yeah. uh, Mark Williams. Williams. Uh, and it was the one where he goes, we want to be together. Yeah. And then she just pulls that face. And I just thought, that is the funniest woman I've ever... Yeah. So just from the face she pulled in the advert was brilliant. Yeah. And then we got to work on this. And she was, she was, she was really good. She script-edited the first series. Yeah. Well, she was a real kind of hard taskmaster. Oh, she was, was great. She yeah. was very good for us. But then I don't know why I can't... Stuart might remember. I don't remember why she wasn't in the... So probably because of you slagging off her husband. That's probably <laughs> should probably, probably decided not to be in it yeah. uh, anymore. Um, anyway, look, this has been uh, really fantastic. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, meeting back up again. It's been wonderful. In a partial, in a very partial reunion of <laughs> Please give a massive round of applause to my guests, Paul Butner and Trevor his tiny face. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Let's Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guests, Paul Putner and Trevor Locke. The music is by Pess. Thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide and Chris Evans, not that one, at the GoFasterStripe.com. Thanks to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and to my producer, Dave Cribb. This is a fuzz, GoFasterStripe.com and Sky Potato production. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. That is the second to last one. We'll be back next week with Stuart Lee, which we were going to charge for, but now there's no need to charge for, so it's free. Uh, if you appreciate all of this, do go to rich, uh, com and check out my tour, or go to gofasterstrike.com slash badges uh, and buy a badge. Or monthly would be fantastic. Or go to eBay and bid on some fantastic Lee and Herring, Collings and Herring, Time Gentleman Please stuff. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>